0: singing, giving gifts, decorating. These are things that kind of in the ancient world were part of every celebration.
1: Welcome to the Know Why podcast. I'm your host, Liberty McCarter. For many of us, it's not enough to know what people say about life's most important questions. We also want to know why. Each week, Know Why tackles tough questions on topics ranging from spirituality to current events. While we approach these issues from a Christian perspective, we discuss diverse opinions and ultimately dive into what the research says. Are you ready to know why? Let's get started. Welcome to the Know Why Podcast. Christmas is just around the corner, and whether you are a Christian or not, chances are you've heard that this holiday has pagan roots. Some Christians are concerned enough to actually reject certain Christmas traditions because they don't want to be inadvertently honoring something pagan. And skeptics of Christianity may wonder why Christians insist that Christmas is a celebration of Jesus' birth when the evidence seems so clear that its origins lie elsewhere. So, today on the Know Why podcast, we are asking does the holiday of Christmas have pagan origins? And here to discuss that with us is Josh Barnes, a pastor from New Hampshire with a master's degree in theology. He also has a popular YouTube channel that you should definitely check out. And it's called The Bible Explained. Thank you for joining us today, Josh.
0: Hey, it's so great to be here.
1: So let's just jump right in. Um, Let's talk about the date, December 25th. Isn't that, and a lot of the other traditions of Christmas, like decorating our houses and giving gifts, are those all rooted in an ancient Roman feast called Saturnalia, which was kind of celebrated around the winter solstice?
0: Yeah, so, okay. So there's so much uh, misinformation out there about this. I think a lot of people trace it back to a film that came out in 2007, which was uh, called Zeitgeist. And then Bill Maher, I guess, watched the film and picked up on it and started promoting a lot of crazy theories. Some of these theories, I think we'll talk about it in in a little bit, um, can only be traced back as far as the Puritans. So in the last two to 400 years, but we're talking about where did Christmas like the celebration of Christmas originate, which goes back like 2000 years, right? So, you know, 400 years isn't far enough to go back in history to find out how this whole thing started. Mm -hmm. So it, it is true that there was a a celebration of Saturnalia. There was a Roman celebration. Saturnalia, what we know about Saturnalia is that we know for sure the date of the 25th, December 25th, did not come from Saturnalia. Saturnalia was, was celebrated on December 17th. Hmm. Um, people just start you know, pass around, oh, no, it was, we got the 25th date from Saturnalia, but they don't really have any reason. There's no historical documentation for that at all. All the historians will tell you, every scholar you talk to will say, no, it was on the 17th. And later on, the Romans did extend it. So they they took, the, they they loved the celebration so much that they extended it from the 17th, and they, they celebrated it for a whole seven days. And they, so they went from the 17th all the way to the 23rd. But it definitely wasn't the 25th. It, it, you know, even in the extended days, it, it stopped on the 23rd. So you don't have, you don't have a connection with the date, except that they're close to the same date, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't really mean anything. Um, so there's a, a Christmas celebration near, near a pagan celebration. That doesn't, that doesn't to me, tell me that it came from Saturnalia. Mm. So if you didn't look at some of the other things, like um, what was Saturnalia? What what was going on? Well, there was singing in Saturnalia, Right. Um, although their singing was very different from our singing at Christmas, they they would go down the street singing naked in public. <laughs> which,
1: Most Christmas carolers that, that, don't, don't do that.
0: Do that. <laughs> yeah, if you do, if you're doing that, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, they did give gifts in Saturnalia, but Saturnalia was like. Um, have you ever seen? The uh, the Disney movie, the, uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm, yeah. So in that, there's this, the Feast of Fools. Mm-hmm. This is actually something that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was like the 1200s um, AD in Southern France. They, there was, they did adopt some of the Saturnalia practices in the Feast of Fools where it was the topsy-turvy day. You know, everything was upside down. That was what Saturnalia was. It was a role reversal day. So when they gave gifts, if they if they were actually friends, they would give gag gifts like cheap gifts that that you wouldn't want. They would give like a carrot mm-hmm. or a half-burnt candle or something like that. Um, they weren't they were doing the opposite of what of what we do at Christmas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, so it, it's not the same at all. They did decorate, but you know. These are things like singing, giving gifts, decorating. These are things that kind of in the ancient world were part of every celebration. So the fact that they're part of Christmas and other celebrations of other things is just not, it's not evidential. It doesn't mean that that we adopted practices from one thing. I mean, even in the Bible, you've got um, celebrations like the Feast of Tabernacles where they would decorate. They would actually pitch tents and live in tents for the day they would at during the Feast of Tabernacles, they would light a bunch of candles and they would, all this stuff is very normal for, for any kind of celebration in the ancient world. It's not like this is uniquely Chris uh, has any, anything unique to Saturnalia and Christmas. So the dates are different. The only similarities in the celebration are, aren't really similarities when you look at the details and they're the same types of things that are in every celebration of anything. Um, If, if it's pagan to sing, then, you know, why was it that the Bible says that the angels were singing from the foundation of the world? You know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense.
1: Yeah, such a good point. I think those things are kind of just, you know, what we do as humans, right? Decorate, give gifts, sing, you celebrate. So the fact that, Like you said, there happened to be another feast around the time that we celebrate Christmas where people were doing those things. It doesn't mean that what we do at Christmas came from those things. So that's such a good point. But we do know that, um, you know, ancient Rome had a Christian emperor, Constantine. And so he really tried to Christianize uh, the Roman Empire. So there has been the argument made that he kind of adopted some of the traditions and celebrations that were going on and then just tried to slap a Christian meaning on it and say, okay, well, this is Christmas now. Is that true?
0: So there there are a lot of myths about Constantine, right? Um, (laughs) So many conspiracy theories start with Constantine did, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, but uh, if you look at actual, if if you're looking through historical documentation, you, you have a claim and then you try to look for the source and if the source is just another person writing another book, you know, a hundred years ago, that's not really helpful. You really want to find the source. Where did they get this from? Where, why, how are they deriving this? Um, Constantine, we know that he, he presided over the Council of Nicaea, but he didn't seem to have any input in the Council of Nicaea. It seems that when Constantine established Christianity uh, in, the, in the Roman Empire, what he wanted to do is, is bring his empire together, unified under Christianity. So when he saw a problem in the Christian church, he would say, all right, you guys are getting together and you're going to figure this out. He didn't feel the need to tell them what they were going to do. He just wanted them to, to figure it out. So that way there wasn't a contention in his empire. So, um, he, he wasn't so concerned with the results. He just wanted to make sure that they were meeting about these things. So because he because he presided over the council of Nicaea does not mean that he established Christ, the, the Christian celebrations or anything like that. And, and this to, to demonstrate this, I'll have to get a little into the weeds, but I think first of all, if we remember what Saturnalia is like the main tenets of Saturnalia are role reversal. It involved human sacrifice. Um, it involved role reversal between slaves and masters, but then the masters would usually punish their slaves for it the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was drunkenness rape and sexual immorality singing naked in the streets um, it was that's what saturnalia was known as none of that stuff is what Chris, christmas is known as mm-hmm. so if 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 constantine was taking saturnalia and slapping a christian name on it then it would look a lot like saturnalia <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't look at all like saturnalia except for just regular you know gift giving but even that looks different, right? Mm-hmm. Um so we already know that. If we, if we look at um when we start seeing Christmas mentioned in um in ancient church history, we it, Constantine is like the early 300s, right? 325 Council of Nicaea uh, th- yeah, 324 um and 325 and, and all that. 314 is really when he, you know, Christianity becomes a big thing. And You got the Council of Nicaea 325, all that kind of stuff. Well, you actually have in um, um, in Clement of Alexandria, which is a document in 200 AD, so long before mm-hmm. Constantine, he says this, there are those who have determined not only the year of our Lord's birth, but also the day, and they say that it took place on the 28th year of Augustus in the 25th day of the Egyptian month, Pachon, which would be our May 20th. He also said further, others say that he was born on the 24th or the 25th of, I'm going to butcher this name, Barmuthi, which is April 20th or April 21st for us. So uh, over a hundred years before Constantine, Christians were already arguing over what the date of Christmas was. And Clement also wrote that there was a group in Alexandria called the Basilidians, who celebrated the epiphany and probably the nativity with it on the 15th or the 11th of a month called Tybee, which to us would be the 10th or the 6th of January. Mm-hmm. Now, that's really important because Clement gives us the first evidence uh, over a hundred years before, before Constantine that P- that Christians were celebrating Christmas on the 6th of January. Now, The 6th of January, to this day, there are sects of Christians who still celebrate Christmas on the 6th of January instead Mm -hmm. of December 25th. Mm -hmm. So when, and this has been throughout all of history, if Constantine were to say, that's it, we're celebrating Christmas on the 25th, then we would have expect to see some documentation somewhere that that he did said something against the people who continued to celebrate it on the 6th. It was a continual argument between the church and Constantine never weighed in on it. We don't see any documentation that Constantine set the date for Christmas or had anything to do with it at all.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. And about the date, you know, and this is something that I've, you know, kind of heard too growing up in the church of like, well, we don't know exactly what date Jesus was born, but as you said, it's, something that Christians have been arguing about for a long time. Um, so does it really matter what date Jesus was born on for us to celebrate Christmas? And why is this such a debate?
0: Okay, so um, if I can, I feel like I, I should say something about um, about when the 25th was chosen. And I, I feel like I didn't mention that just, yeah, just a moment yeah, ago. Yeah, go ahead. So um, if, if you look at some of the ancient documents, the, the earliest document we have it, of Christians celebrating Christmas on the 25th, right? Clement of Alexandria, 200 AD, is the first time we have them debating over when it's celebrated. But the first time we have them celebrating it on the 25th of December is from a document called the Chronograph of 354, which is actually a record from 336 AD. So right after the Council of Nicaea, you know, about 11 years later. And this is a really important document because a much more possible uh, well, I don't know if I want to say more possible. It's at least possible, it's it's really impossible that Saturnalia was turned into Christmas. There's I don't know any scholars who think that uh, that I've read. I'm not a scholar. Any of them that I that I've read. Um but it's at least possible that this other Roman celebration called Natalis Sol Invictus could have been adopted into Christianity. The reason was because Natalus Sol Invictus was a celebration that was actually on December 25th. The problem is Natalis Sol Invictus, we don't see it ever being celebrated in any ancient documents until the exact same calendar from 336 A.D., the uh, the chronograph of three fifty four, the Philocalus calendar. Um, that's the same calendar where we see Natalis Sol Invictus first show up in history, and Christmas on December twenty fifth first show up in history. Mm-hmm. So Christmas was already celebrated before that, and then at some point, right around that time, it started being celebrated on the twenty fifth when it became very popular in the empire. So there's no reason to think that Christians would have copied natalis sol invictus it's much more likely that this little minor cult that's now the outs the 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 outcasts of the empire would copy the christian celebration and that's what most scholars believe happened so the first time we have Chris, christmas on the 25th is in 336 and we have the only other celebration that was also on the 25th that was pagan also shows up at the same time and was probably almost definitely a copy of christmas not vice versa.
1: Hmm, that is, and so then I can get to your
0: question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm no, sorry. I'm so I'm
1: so glad you mentioned that because, yeah, that um, that's just so interesting. You know, to to have that record. And by the way, if this is interesting to you and um, you want to dive deeper into this and be like, okay you know, where to get that from. I want to go back and read these. We always have links posted at knowypodcast.com and Josh has graciously provided us with uh, some of the sources that he's looked at. So we will be posting those links. That way you can continue to dig and do your own research. But yeah, so we, we've we talked about, um, kind of busted the myth that Christmas was just kind of a Christian version or copy of Saturnalia, um, we've busted the myth about Constantine starting Christmas essentially on the same day that other pagan holidays had already been going. And we've talked about how the other holiday in ancient Rome that happened on December 25th, Natalus Sol Fictus, was actually more likely a copy of the Christian celebration of Christmas on December 25th. But how did we get to the December 25th date? And then does it even really matter whether that's the actual date that Jesus was born?
0: Yeah. So the so the answer to the second question is really no. I mean, it, it, I suppose it could matter if you are celebrating it on a certain date because you personally want to adopt pagan traditions and use them um, and and use the, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know if that would be wrong. Is it terribly wrong to take? something that pagans enjoy and say, I'm taking that and I'm going to, I'm going to Christianize it and use it. I don't know that that would be necessarily be wrong anyway, but if it's wrong, then then that would be the only thing that's wrong. It wouldn't be wrong for you to, to celebrate Christmas on the wrong day. Mm-hmm. Um, it, a lot of people de- debate over when Jesus was born and there's some arguments for December 25th. There's some arguments for January 6th. Probably the reason that uh, the early Christians chose December 25th is because it is nine months after the Passover. And there was a belief in ancient Judaism that a prophet would be conceived on the same day that he died. So since Jesus died at Passover, they probably guessed, well, let's just count nine months from Passover and say that he was conceived on the same day that he died and that wouldn't give you December 25th. Um, um, probably their reasoning.
1: Interesting. So you can celebrate Christmas. Um, well, as, as I was told growing up, it's always Christmas in our hearts, right? We should always be celebrating, um, Jesus birth and the fact that he came to the earth and we're going to be talking more about, uh, the person of Jesus specifically soon, but yes, the day that you celebrate, um, you know, it's interesting to debate from a historical standpoint of of when we think Jesus may have been born exactly, but it doesn't really matter that much. Um, But let's talk about some of the specific Christmas, uh, Christmas traditions. Um, For instance, a Christmas tree. This is one that I've heard a lot. I've even known people who don't have Christmas trees in their houses and everything, because it is believed that our tradition of having Christmas trees is rooted in an ancient cult. And I'm not sure if I'm saying this right of a Shira. Um, And then there's actually even some Bible verses that seem to reference what we do to Christmas trees in the book of Jeremiah. So do you want to tackle that one?
0: Yeah. So (laughs) uh, I'm the worst person to ask about pronunciation. I, I I don't even try when I get to the names in the Bible, I just say, I'm sure no matter how good I pronounce this, I'm still going to do it wrong. (laughs) um, (laughs) But that's how I pronounce it as a Shira. Um, So, there was a Roman cult of, of Asherah. It, it actually goes way back, um, but it was, cel- it was still in the Roman Empire. Basically, there's this claim that they put trees in their home as a um, as as a decoration to celebrate Asherah. The problem is that that is almost definitely false, and it's certainly no there's no evidence for it. Um, there's Some suggestion that they might have put a branch or two in their home, um, you know, some branches in their home to to celebrate um, Asherah. But even that, I think, is probably, it's a stretch. And the reason is because we see what Asherah is, and you can actually see it all the way back in Deuteronomy 16. Deuteronomy 16, God warns the people of Israel, you are not to have groves next to my altar. Which is because they had this um, Asherah fertility goddess that people would worship by planting a grove of trees near an altar, mm-hmm. um, and so that it was. It would like um, God's like, listen, you're not going to worship me in a grove of trees like that. Tear down the groves. You see this over and over throughout the Bible. At least if you're using the King James version, because says groves. Others will transfer, translate it as like Asherah poles or whatever. Mm-hmm but the important thing about those Asherah poles or groves is that you don't cut them down. If you cut them down, they, it's a dishonor to Asherah. Asherah is this fertility goddess. You cut down the tree, it dies. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's why God told the people, if you, if there's an Asherah grove, you are to cut it down. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't, it doesn't fit with the cult of Asherah to cut down trees and bring them in your house. That would be the, it would be the opposite. Um, but you mentioned Jeremiah 10, which I think is important. I think is really important that we understand that Jeremiah 10 cannot be talking about arepulse for a couple of reasons. So um, he says he's talking to, to Israel, He says, "Thus saith the Lord in verse two, Learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest. So he's not cutting it out of a grove, he's cutting it out of the forest and he's cutting it down. So that's not a Shira, Mm -hmm. um, the work of the hands with the workmen. So now he's carving it with an ax. It says they deck it with silver, and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. So they're carving it and forming it on a base. So it becomes an idol. It says in verse five, they are upright as the palm tree, but speak not. They must needs be. Why, why would you think that a palm tree would speak? Well, it's because you carved it into the shape of, uh, into a human shape. Hmm. and are worshiping it as an an idol. So not only is that not about Christmas trees, it's not even about Asherah trees.
1: Hmm. And I think people probably get hung up on, you know, cutting down a tree and, decorating it with silver and gold and they're thinking of, you know, the song and the Rudolph movie, silver and gold and everything. But I love the way you break that down. Nobody is looking at their Christmas tree and expecting it to talk, which I think is a point you've made in the YouTube video that I watched. Um, And so when you really look at it more specifically, it does make a lot more sense that God would be talking about cutting down a tree and carving it into an idol. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Okay. But what about mistletoe? Um, I know that they're, they say that that comes from the Druids, um, which is another, you know, sect of paganism, so to speak. What, what about that?
0: So that's a great question. And as far as, as far as traditions that we can do away with, uh, mistletoe is on the top of my list. (laughs) I'm not a big mistletoe fan. I'll kiss my wife when I want to kiss my wife and I'll do it often, but Mm -hmm. I don't need you to tell me to do it because I'm standing under mistletoe. Right. (laughs) But, um, But anyway, so uh, I'm not a big fan of of the mistletoe myth anyway. And if if you follow, you know, um, pagan traditions about mistletoe, it does. There are a lot of pagan traditions, including the Druids, if I'm if my sources are correct, that do talk about it um, being some sort of uh, fertility symbol and that kind of stuff. You can trace it back. It's mostly Germanic and and Druid and that kind of thing. um, Tribes. But. um, But. So the question really is, well, there's two questions. First is, is it an essential part of Christmas that makes Christmas pagan? Or can you just like not hang mistletoe? Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think that's pretty obvious. But the second question is, is, is it harmless? Is it harmless to, to um, are silly traditions harmless if you recognize that they're not actual, if you're not superstitious about it? And, and I'm, I pose that question because uh, we have a tradition on Thanksgiving where we take a wishbone and we, you know, one person takes one side, the other person takes the other side and cracks the wishbone. The person with the largest one gets their wish. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, from, from the little bit of research I've done on it, uh, it's supposedly started with um, ancient uh, Etruscans in Italy that believed mm-hmm. that chickens had magical powers. Does that mean that we are pagans if we do it? Well, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I just think that we're just have we've we are, we don't believe the superstitious thing. We're just kind of making fun of the superstitious thing. Kind of the same as like a, a birthday candle. You blow out the candle you you get your wish. Well, a lot of people show that 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 idea kind of originates in ancient Greece when they would offer. A, cakes to gods, they would put a candle on it. And the candle burning was supposedly taking their, you know, their wish up to heaven with the smoke of the candle. Mm. Um, you know, it, am I worshiping an ancient Greek God if I blow out a candle and I laugh about how I, I made a wish, you know, I don't think so. So I think there's definitely some harmless um, nature to this, but if it does bother you because you find some element of uh, pagan superstition in an item, then get rid of it. Just don't. I would say absolutely. I don't think mistletoe should keep you from celebrating Christmas.
1: Yeah. So so wise. You know, there's something in the Bible that talks about don't be a stumbling block for some somebody else. And so we really do have to kind of ask ourselves what is our conscience saying. So if your conscience is troubling you about one of those traditions, then don't do it. But that you know, if it's not, then I don't think we have to worry um, about those silly little things like you said. And I didn't even know that about the origins of the wishbone tra- tradition or the birthday candles. That's so fascinating. I love, just from a historical standpoint, I like learning about all of this. And I think it's just, uh, is so good for us to really understand where a lot of our traditions and you know things that we've just adopted into our culture come from. It's just fascinating. But um, we're yeah. about out of time for this episode, but I did want to ask just a couple more questions. Um, one, was Christian was Christmas banned by Puritans in America for being too pagan?
0: So that's a really good question, and I know you, we're about out of time, so I'm going to try to really answer it very quickly. But um, if you look at if you look at uh, documentation from the 1600s, um, the Puritans did ban Christmas in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, um, although they banned all holidays. So it's not just Christmas, Mm. but if you look at uh, a Puritan named increase Mather, uh, he, we're talking 1600s here. He did write that he believed you could, I I actually, uh, in the links that I sent you, I actually have um, a link to this, but he did write that he believed that Christmas came from the pagan celebration of Saturnalia and, uh, explained how, you know, why that makes it all pagan. So if you look at the belief that Christmas arrived from Saturnalia, it really kind of starts with the Puritans. It doesn't go further back than that. Nobody was saying this um, in, in the 300s when Christmas was originally started being celebrated on the 25th. Nobody was saying it in the 400s, the 500s, not until 1400 years later, in the six, uh, 1400 years after the first celebration of Christmas in 200 AD that we see in the 1600s, do we finally see a claim of Saturnalia being the source? But um, I think I think uh, uh, increased matter just was uh, uh, was not able to access the, the historical documents that we have today. He, he didn't he didn't realize that he was incorrect.
1: Mm, yeah, so interesting, and also just you know I would point out as well. Um, if you are holding Christians today to the standards of the Puritans, which is just one group of Christians over, you know, millennia of people who have, you know, served the Lord, then that's not really fair because there's a lot of things the Puritans did that most Christians today wouldn't necessarily condone or don't right. operate their lives accordingly. So it's my, it's interesting that they banned it, but like you said, probably didn't have all the information and we don't really copy everything the Puritans do anyway. Um Thank pertinent. the Lord for that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And finally, um, if Christians are concerned that they shouldn't celebrate Christmas because there's no mention of that in the Bible, um, what would be your response?
0: Okay, so that's um, that's a great question. So uh, I'm gonna bring in a couple of scripture. I'm gonna read two verses from for you. First is Romans 14, six. Paul is writing to people who are in disagreement about um, about several different things that he, he considers to be minor issues. Uh, one is eating meat because it's been sacrificed to an idol, but now it's the cheap meat in the market. Another one is what days you recognize as special days. And in Romans 14, 6, he says, he that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord, he does not regard it. So he's saying, guys, whatever you choose to do here, do it for God and don't worry about what someone else chooses because as long as they're doing it for the Lord this is not a crucial issue. Mm-hmm. Colossians 2 says this, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of any holiday or of the new moon or of the sabbath days. It says if you want to respect it, go ahead. If you don't, don't worry about it. Don't let don't be judging each other on that on that stuff. It's silliness. So with with that in mind, I would say we we do have reason to celebrate Christmas. the The Bible makes a big deal about the birth of Christ. Shepherds celebrated it. Wise men celebrated it. Angels announced it. It's mentioned in three of the four Gospels. So there's something there that's that's worthy of celebration if you choose to celebrate it. Um, we we don't have regular yearly account, uh, people celebrating it on a yearly basis. Like I said, until the two hundreds AD. Um, But it's also not wrong to celebrate a holiday that's not in the Bible. And I'll give proof for this. In John 10, Jesus went, and he went to the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem. Now, the Feast of Dedication was not a feast that was in the Old Testament scriptures. It shows up in between the Old Testament and New Testament. It is what we call today the Feast of the the Days of Hanukkah. Jesus goes and celebrates Hanukkah in John 10, even though it's not in the old Testament, it's not a holiday prescribed by God, because I think the implication is obvious. If you want to celebrate extra biblical holidays, go for it. There's no prohibition on that.
1: Hmm. I love that. So interesting too. And I'm, you know, it's something that I think um, myself included, a lot of people have never even really picked up on from Jesus celebration of the feast of dedication. So This has all been such great information. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us, Josh. Um, And for listeners, be sure to tune in next week because we're actually going to do part two of our Christmas series. I guess you could call it busting some Christmas myths or learning more about it. And in the next interview that we do with Josh, we're gonna be focusing specifically on Jesus and why his birth matters. Um, So thanks again, Josh, for joining us. And if you want to dive deeper into anything we've discussed today, don't forget you can find links at knowypodcast.com.